Welcome back to One in a Million. We're here with Chuck. He's been guessing very, very can we, carefully. Can we stop? Intentionally. He's been doing a real great job. He's really got I'm, some... I don't want to tell I, you which I, ones were really close, but some of those guesses... I really didn't think... I didn't know this was what you meant. I thought... Some of those guesses were really close, and I'm so I'm so happy. I'm so excited that you're getting so close, and and uh, I I really think you're going to get it. I mean, we we you know, we've we've only been going for 50 minutes. Uh, you haven't got it yet, but I, I really I, feel like there's this is you don't even tell me when I'm close though. No, you have been close. I can't well, tell you when you're close. Otherwise, it's going to give too much away. But there's literally a million numbers. You. <laughs> There's so literally, you, and I, mm. you, it, it's, you really, you have as much fun with it as, as you allow yourself to have. I think you really need to bring yourself up a notch here because we're really, this is a great, great fun thing that you're doing. But and I, I'll, I'll uh, uh, 187,305. No, you're not even close now, but it just, you, you have to get back into the mindset you were at earlier because you really had a couple that were pretty close, like literally earlier less than ten thousand away. This is eight hundred thousand and one. No, eight hundred thousand and two. Nope, eight hundred thousand and three. I, I get what you're doing, and it's a great strategy. Thousand and four. It's really, I really get what you're trying to go for here, but it's. It's not always the. This sometimes is the, this is the stupidest thing I have ever done. I I did this because you're dating my sister. I was trying to be nice, but this is like you're a you're a fucking moron. You're, I don't think our listeners would agree with you there. I I really think I don't think there are listeners. I don't think anybody's listening. I think they counted to twelve and they left because unlike me, they're not an idiot. They're not a fucking rube. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to call you a loser of You're this game. You're a loser. I, I don't think that. I, fuck, you know, I, I am calling fucking Judith. What was I thinking? This is the. I swear to fucking Christ. If you come back next week, we'll have a new guest and uh, we'll give it another go. We'll have a winner one of these days. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up next is The Crapshoot, a great show. I don't think there's a lot of guessing numbers in that uh, show, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a real fun one. Thanks, everybody. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Crapshoot. Uh, this is uh, also our first episode that we're recording once we're actually convinced that this thing is <laughs> happening. So right. we can for once say, you know, uh, we've got a website and stuff like that. But we'll get that the later. Uh, my name is Josh Millard. I am your host uh, number one. Uh, I'm Jesse Holden. I'm your other host. Number one. Number one. Yeah. That's a good classification. We're on equal footing here. Yes. Uh, and uh, we are we are here in my basement uh, tonight with an old friend of Jesse's who is also named Jesse. That's really thoughtful, guys. <laughs> it's that much less for you to have to remember. True, true. Yeah. Just put X2 yeah. at the end of the title. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, also, I didn't realize it was called The Crap Shoot. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to fill, fulfill some kind of quota or... Uh, my the content that I 
uh, dish out has to meet a certain standard of the title. It has to lower itself to the standard of the show. So I start off on a high and I go down. Yeah, yeah. if you can really, if you can really catastrophize your own. Uh, okay, your I can do that. Here if you're too entertaining and fun, then you're just going to make us look bad. So try, <laughs> really try and bring it down. Uh, I don't even. Did we finish introducing him? Even I, Jesse I, yeah, Brennan. Yeah, want you, want you to do yeah, that. Hooray! Jesse Brennan is. Uh, we've known each other for a while, and he's a he's a creative type that um, I've always loved all the stuff he does. And and I just thought it would be good to pick his brain here. I think he's a natural fit, um, and I just think you guys would like each other a lot. So this is sort of a matchmaking thing for me a little bit. I wasn't aware that you liked the things that I did. <laughs> <laughs> you keep you're surprising me over and over on this thing. And you're both from Ukiah. I'm both from Ukiah, California, born and raised. Everybody says Ukiah like that. <laughs> well, I, I've never heard of it, so uh, it's like it's like Uriah Heap, except for with a K and no Heap. Hmm. Is that is that a place? I think it's a musician. I also don't know if I'm saying Uriah right. So okay. really, this is a really poor is, standard that I'm using to, yeah, to navigate the pronunciation, but. Uh, but what do you do? Uh, so are you in? Are, are you in town? Are you uh, a local at this point, or are you just conveniently available at the moment? Yeah, I'm. I'm around if anybody wants to get a hold of me. Uh, anybody wants a beer, they can just. I don't really drink, so. Well, so they can just get. I don't have beer many friends. Okay. My, what? My name's Jesse Brennan. What was the question? <laughs> You know what's you know what makes this awkward for me is not having the headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fucking headphones. I'm gonna put the headphones uh, on. You're probably are you gonna is that gonna affect the recording if he plugs a headphone? They're already chat plugged in. in. Plugged in. Yes, oh, okay. I can already hear us. You didn't. You didn't. Okay, you're good. Yeah, no, he's no. I, it's, I I needed them st- to stay plugged in as kind of a lifeline in case I needed to put them back on. Are you feeling I'm, better? I'm now? really feeling a lot better with the headphones okay, back on. With it was those, a bad experiment to try recording without the headphones. With pillows that big on the sides of my head, I would definitely be comfortable. It's yeah. like he's taking two different naps at once. It's definitely you. You look like you're piloting a helicopter, <laughs> <laughs> like in a really bad b-grade movie when you, you and i were doing some experiments recording uh improvised dialogue for what later turned into an animated short uh we had well i don't know what do you call them the the little headsets that that you like star commander yeah so that was what you called them the, but i don't know what they're normally called they get the kind of like a gaming headset where they just have two little crummy earpods and then there's a little mic hanging in front of your mouth uh, and we were using those as just recording mics. I don't know what they are called either, yeah. because the things that I purchased at that time were so off base. <laughs> they, like I, I don't know what they were used for. I've never seen them again. I, they had two plugs at the end. They had a speaker and a headphone. Oh yeah, and it was a micro jack, so it was like for a cell phone and you had to like every set you had to like plug into a, an adapter that would um combine them and then up the the size of the right. this is awesome yeah this is really good stuff to be talking <laughs> those about weird little yeah those we little, i i use a lot of fucking weird and incorrect methods of recording right. so, so anyway star Josh, commander if you, if you got around to watching the coffee critics short i mean that was literally like we were sitting around a kitchen with a computer on like a box or something 
with just a bunch of wires plugged in and just yeah. improvising dialogue really, really loosely and poorly, in my opinion. <laughs> there was a lot of splitters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plugged. There was a lot of things plugged in. Right. But not like when you go into somebody who records like their studio and a lot of things are plugged in. It's like yard sale. Like a lot of yeah, things yeah. are plugged into the things, things that they shouldn't be plugged cheap, in. And you managed to string them together enough that you got the desired, well, not the desired, but the working signal chain. In the end, audio was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, I guess that's interesting. I once recorded something through a pair of headphones. Where you talked into the yeah, earpiece, yeah. yeah see, plug them in and just gotta be loud enough that it drives the. the it's speaker. good to know that though. It's I'm a really I've always been kind of a MacGyver when it comes to plugging things in that don't necessarily belong plugged into one another. And so when you really have to fall back, it's good to know that a speaker can be used as a microphone. Exactly. It's all it's all just magnets. Which as long as you're not a, a juggalo, you can magnets and diaphragms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i watched some of uh coffee critics uh and uh i was just feeling dumb about not planning ahead more and watching the whole thing because i enjoyed what i what i saw of it i i, I dug the whole sort of like you know imp- it had that very sort of improvised let's sort of take this idea and sort of get out this sort of skit thing to it right um, and yes you were you were lovely as a manager that was <laughs> you know yeah, uh, Coffee Critics was, uh, we didn't really plan anything when we recorded that. Uh, we didn't, we didn't plan what we, where, even where we were or anything. And Jesse Holden came home from work in the middle of the recording and jumped on the mic <laughs> without any, any briefing besides your shift starting. Right. I hadn't heard anything up to that point. I was literally walking in the door from, from being at work that day. Excellent. When that, when I came into that. But Josh, I want to know what you do. I, I, <laughs> I like. Do, I already know what I do. I do things. I, uh, uh, I, I do another podcast uh, about uh, horror movies. Originally, it was around Hellraiser, but then we watched all of the Hellraiser movies, so now we're just doing other horror movies. Uh, I make dumb, randomly generated things on the internet. Uh, I love Markov chains, so I've, I've got a thing that called Garkov that does. Uh, Garfield strips, except for it generates the dialogue at random each time from a corpus of. Hmm. You probably have to fill in what a Markov chain is. Uh, it's it's a it's a way of sort of randomly resynthesizing from a source text. So you take all the sentences, you break them down to like two or three word pairs, and then you chain up random fragments. It's kind of like a. It's like Mad Libs two point Kind of yeah, it's that same sort of like notion of using a little bit of randomization, uh, just with a slightly different mechanism. And I actually hmm. made a very Mad Libsy William Carlos Williams generator. There's this poem called this is just to say about plums in an icebox that uh i love as much as anything as a joke as anything because it became this big running joke on uh metafilter the site that i work for and uh it's just a real short poem with a really distinctive structure and i just turned all of the nouns and verbs into a uh, sort of mad libby thing taking from a giant vocabulary list hmm. uh it's a dumb thing but i that's <laughs> <laughs> kind of, that's kind of my uh, specialty is dumb things that I figure out how to make in an afternoon. So it sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I mean, one of my favorite things is that you actually like fi- like you have a weird idea and then you actually like get it to some sort of finished state and then before you move on. And unlike like ninety nine percent of the things I take on and then just abandon because I 
my reach exceeded my grasp a little bit. I think I have gotten, a way of just finding just that sweet spot where it's just that one song. It's just the ballad of Scott Slater. What's I forget Steven the Slater, Steven Slater yeah. or the I Knew Your Troubles or Mapstalgia or anything. I think I've gotten really good at knowing uh, where my grasp is. Yeah, and just like keeping my reach in that vicinity <laughs> is the trick. Like it's it, once I like with the music thing. I've I've done enough, recorded enough songs at this point, and written enough songs and churned them out that like yeah i kind of have a sense of what i can accomplish and don't tend to bite off more than i can chew i guess so like i don't end up too often ending up being like oh man that really came out like shit or i couldn't finish that it's more like uh yeah i know i can do this i know i can't do that so that's not going to be in there i'll just uh, i'll do this that's a really good thing to come to realization i think i have gone through a similar process in the last like six years five years maybe yeah is i just absolutely do not attempt something that i know i can't complete yeah and that frees me up to to tackle the things that i feel i can complete yeah and you know this it's funny because it almost sounds like the opposite of any inspirational poster like you know reach for the stars you never know what you can accomplish (laughs) but like honestly if you if if you're thinking about something you want to try and start pursuing sure yeah absolutely like go for the you know shoot for the fucking moon but we uh, have to do that first to find out what your limitations are yeah yeah once you start doing something for a while and you know there's a craft angle to almost anything even if it's you know art you know the craft side is just doing it and doing it and doing it and yeah you have to have that ability to develop a sense of where your abilities are and even if you want to keep developing have a sense of how quickly you're going to be able to and what you need to do to develop it so otherwise yeah you end up with this like burnout or heartbreak where you're like somehow i didn't become a rock star somehow i'm not Mm -hmm. you know the the greatest songwriter alive somehow i'm not you know hanging stuff in museums you know and it's like yeah you're gonna drive yourself fucking crazy if you don't kind of stay practical and say well you do do have to do both though yeah i mean you also always you always I think maybe ideally or it's makes it fun. It keeps it fun as you always try and keep raising the bar at the same time. Yeah. I mean, don't get, don't get totally complacent or anything. Just, yeah. Having that, having that sense of like, okay, well I want to try this and having a practical sense of what part of that's going to be easy and what parts kind of a new experiment and not despairing over the experimental parts failing, but also not setting yourself up for just a complete crash and burn by trying something that you have no idea you know, where to even start with. So it's, yeah, it's weird. It's a balancing act. Right. The things I don't attempt to do are usually things I already have tried. And it's, it's not necessarily like I'm incapable of doing that. It's like, I know I'm not going to have any fun doing that. And therefore I'm, there's no fucking way I'm ever going to finish that because I don't like doing things that creatively that aren't fun for me. Exactly. Or make me feel like I'm expanding. It's like you get the idea that it would be nice to have done that. And it's so easy to fall in love with the idea of being like, oh, I, I, I'll have done that. That you've sort of, it's easy to not be realistic about whether or not you're going to enjoy or get any satisfaction from the process of trying to do it. Hmm. Like, I, I, I always wanted to write a novel. And then I found out about... Uh, Pardon. Oh. <laughs> it's just my stomach. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I I, I, yeah, I found out about National Novel Writing Month sometime in, I don't know, it was 22 or 23, and I did that a few years, and it took me like three tries to actually get, manage to write 50,000 words of a novel with a beginning and an ending in November of that year. And then I got done with it. I was like, okay, now I know that I can do that, and I also ended up with a really, really shitty, poorly written 
incoherent novel and you know maybe at some point i want to take on like long form writing again but i know for now that if i just did that to do it i would be you know probably just as unhappy and like blah what the fuck was i just doing with my time about hmm. it at the same time i think there's a ton of value to doing things outside of your comfort zone and especially if it's a different discipline than you're used to and i think it's because you learn things not just by trying not just because it's something new but because it's something with a whole different set of techniques and assumptions and stylistic history and stuff that that it ends up really like i think the best thing i ever did when i was painting the the thing that made me the better painter more than anything else was trying photography because you suddenly you have this whole new perspective on compositional aspects and negative space and stuff that 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 comes from real life in a way that just suddenly like the way you're coalescing and flattening you know the 3d world we live in into a 2d composition and stuff or you know i i think that that was why i got into the you know trying to make a podcast was just because i felt like this is something Thing that you know it could recording a podcast helped me appreciate like music recorded music better and things like that i think that you the the really the wider net you cast on things you try and fuck around with uh you you can really weave a web of of knowledge and, and kind of creative tools in your palette that that um they can complement each other in really really unexpected ways sure, i think it's, yeah. i really like the idea of um trying different things or trying different art forms because even if you don't hit it out of the park like like you feel like you didn't with the book you wrote you know maybe maybe next time you're storyboarding a short film that you want to do and some of the things you learned about storytelling from that come into play or something well, yeah like, and that. like i certainly learned things about writing and about my writing from that project even if i wasn't happy with the results i mean one of the things i discovered is that i really enjoy writing dialogue and i i am just a babe in the woods when it comes to trying to do good sort of like descriptive or, or action stuff oh, it's yeah. anything other than like almost stage direction like yeah i think i yeah. sort of discovered to some extent i like i i kind of like a more you know televisual approach to writing than actually just writing for the sake of prose like i've got no sense of like style and i don't know place and sure. and, and and what's the word i'm looking for it's sort of a Tell me, me the word that I'm thinking. Mise en scene. That yeah, sure. That I always good. I always ask him to do that. <laughs> like I'm always calling you up to ask you what word I'm thinking about. <laughs> crossover, learning things that crossover is one of the most rewarding experiences I I have experienced. Sure. It's just when you're when you're learning something new and and you're going in a direction that you don't typically go. And you learn, you pick up something that you know you can bring back to one of your other more experienced forms. It's like double points. Yeah, totally. It's like, you're like I learned two things at once today. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things about your, your kind of your current main project, Frope, It's Not Saturday, which I don't need, I feel like I should make you describe what that is because I'm always at a loss to even <laughs> say w- w- how, how to tell someone what Frope, It's Not Saturday is. But um, one of my favorite things about it is that it's just a huge amount of disciplines that you're kind of doing solo and live on the fly under the gun where you're doing like you're like improvised humor and like rapport and but also like live compositing elements in the against a green screen and music stuff that you've recorded. I mean, it's it encompasses such a huge spectrum of kind of uh different creative forms into one 
kind of pastiche. It's yeah, it's almost as open like as it I can possibly fathom. <laughs> like right. the uh, because there is so many aspects that are pre-composed or uh what's it called? Yeah, I'll just use that for right now. Um and, and then live composition and then spontaneous um I think the only thing I can think of that could make it more all-encompassing currently is a live studio audience Hmm. where that they could like either ask questions or even participate by coming on stage. Sure. Which I'd love to get into, but Focus Not Saturday is basically an excuse to do any artistic medium that's, and it's not, I mean, it is just for me. But then it is also, it really works for the for a group of people to be working on because as a team, because everybody who works on it has the same ability to bring whatever whatever art form they want to basically practice in an for it have an outlet for something they want to try. Um, so pretty much everybody's doing whatever they want with a very um loose kind of guideline because we like pick a theme sure and so it's like just just for starters it's a monthly live video right yeah i guess i should have said that like a long time ago but it's a month once a month last saturday of the month live on live stream at midnight it's a live call-in talk show with skits it's with live skits and um, pre-made skits and pre-made content and right, so there's I'm also s- like you can we like put things on the green screen behind us live as so if a caller calls in and says like da 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 squirrels they may see suddenly an image of squirrels <laughs> in the background and it then so the audience is also kind of gets in the driver's seat and can pseudo direct the show as well neat and there's also chat there's a lot of things it's it's honestly it it would take me a while to remember like all the things (laughs) right there's like yeah i mean it's it's a real like blender of of a show yeah it sounds like kind of like a a live theatrical open mic smorgasbord sort of aesthetic from what you were saying with the people bringing on whatever they want to do as well. It's, but it's, it's not so open mic that like it's also changes a lot with every episode. And it, it's really been, um, a, a, a progressive journey from one episode to the next and from the first episode to the current. And we've changed, we've kind of rolled with certain punches. Whereas, Initially, it was really like caller driven, where we had no predetermined much of anything. And then with lack of caller um, involvement, we've developed more of having a, a theme. And then we had a, we actually had storylines and then we developed our own characters. And now in this season, season two, we've actually had kind of a story arc that's been carrying on with time travel. And we have like a group of like, seven characters that are changing over time so um and we we always seem to to layer on a new art form or a new 
tackling a new piece of like uh, technology with every episode. So it's as we as we get better at one certain thing, we're always bad at the new thing. <laughs> and so there's this kind of chaotic, constant chaotic uh, level of unpredictability yeah. with every new episode. But that's neat too if you're getting sort of like a sort of almost kind of this accidental document of, of growth in those various things too if you're bringing stuff back episode to episode and making it work better uh, from one to the next as you are also trying the brand new things. It's a I've pretty kind of, selective audience. <laughs> it's not it easy. I people as a, a zero budget public access disaster show on the internet. <laughs> That's what was that again? I've described it to people as a zero budget public access disaster show on the internet. Okay. Yeah. And it because it is it's I, it's kind of always everything's always going wrong as you're making it. But then I I I showed up for the recording of one in your apartment. And just, it's so much actually has to go right for it to even happen, which is so amazing to me. Like when you, it's hard to realize when you're just watching it, but like you have to keep like 10 plates spinning just for the thing to even stay on while you're, while it, you're doing it. Kind, it. Yeah. It's, and there's just, of course the whole house is like, like you were saying, it's like a yard sale with wiring running from one room to the next and everything's a mess. And, um, and it's like, it's a total like insane balancing act that it even, you're able to even pull it off and it's super impressive. And it's weird because sometimes it goes really smoothly huh. and people kind of feel like something's missing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's also interesting because I've had people, people believe that we're going for a certain thing. Right. Like with the chaos or the like, like we're breaking stuff on purpose right and we're not breaking anything on purpose <laughs> and it's also a real mashup i want to say of technology of obsolete technology and cutting edge technology whereas like the, the software we use wirecast is like a fairly new kind of thing where it's like pro, like live production consumer software for live broadcasting audio vi video stuff and then we've got like literally cameras we've found in free boxes but we've got everything in between and right. and we're I'm, I, I'm always spending more and more money on it every month and it's like there's so many areas to cover that I, I have to constantly prioritize like where it's like okay this month I'm upgrading the mics or the mic cables <laughs> i should say or or like uh i'm getting one new like webcam um whatever just happens to be most important or like paint yeah <laughs> yeah it seems like you probably have because i that, that sense of prioritizing I, I definitely deal with that with uh i think music in particular is the biggest one where that's an issue because i mean I, I play a lot of stuff i do uh, a lot of home recording and it's all you know generally speaking it's just me doing various parts in overdub uh and it's tricky because like I, i'm a real cheapskate so i don't like spending a lot of like i don't have any of that weird gear less where it's like oh man look at that three thousand dollar guitar i should definitely ever think about buying that it's more like i need a piece of equipment that doesn't have anything actively wrong with it you know for mm -hmm. any given thing i need to do and then it's like after that it's like you know what's what's the most problematic thing that I have that I can replace to make that not so much of a problem anymore? 
which is how I ended up with this Tascam thing for a hundred bucks, which is a great deal for a like six input uh, USB mixer. And the only problem is that it completely fucks up with my operating system. If I <laughs> let my laptop go to sleep since the last time I plugged it in, you know, it's like, oh, but, that's but, fun. but it works. And I can do this multi input thing, which is nice instead of mixing it all. I used to use like a little Yamaha mixer, which had like six inputs, but then it just mixed out to a stereo bus out. So I would just get two mono channels left and right. Right. Uh, so I couldn't do any sort of separation or isolation of tracks and whatnot. Uh, so doing more than two inputs ever was just completely <laughs> off the block. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Aww. Trying to do that, uh, that sort of, uh, what's the most important. And Jesse is out of tea. It's, no, it's no. coffee. Oh, but out of coffee. Oh, well, well it's nothing now, but you're, you're sorry. That was why I awed. You're full of air. It's, it's, just think of it in that, 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 that would technically be optimism, right? Just no being out of something and being happy that the air has replaced it. Cause being full, air being full of a it? thing that you life giving oxygen. You mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what if, what if you emptied your thermos and then it was just a void of a vacuum? Like what if that was just gone, never to be occupied by any matter again? That'd be, that'd be pretty bad. That'd be that would a be a lot different than what things I've experienced in my life so far. It would be an exciting day. I think that actually, I'm, that actually might fun. make me excited. Hey, you know, but, uh, go ahead. Uh, I <laughs> I, I really shouldn't because I was going to say it, it occurs to me the first thing that would happen there for a lot of people is someone would end up sticking their dick in there because it's like hey I've never had right. it yeah and then it would be stuck because it was vacuumed yeah but it would stretch it really long probably yeah, yeah. which, which would nice. be horrifying and painful before we go to our first break I was going to um, <laughs> make a dick joke first but then second mm. um Jesse, uh, you you have had uh, you've created music for various different projects you've worked on, and and there's other various audio level elements. Uh, I was wondering if it was okay with you if you used some some s- anything you'd like to submit for kind of bumper music, just a little few second interlude between the sections of our of this episode. Is that okay with you? Yep. We could yeah. we could even play a whole song if it's not a rights issue, but we can figure that out. But uh, yeah, yeah, I usually make like twenty second to thirty second. That's all perfect. the way up to one whole minute That's, songs. You, 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 you may be a new major source of uh, interlude music for this show. <laughs> they also usually have words like butt and poop in them. Excellent. I think, I think, I think this is the beginning of an excellent uh, synergy right here. Because uh, I like saying synergy. Definitely. Uh, it's going to be synergistic. <laughs> well, okay, let's take a quick break and we'll play something that Jesse made and, uh, and then we'll be back. I was sitting in my coffin drinking tea one night When someone came a-knocking and gave me a fright It was four homeless teens and they had with them a dog They could not afford a tow cause they didn't have a job Our van broke down and like we don't have jobs And like a place to stay would be cool tonight It smells like death but I don't smell much better Hey, creepy dude, thanks for letting in a stranger. I offered beds and food, for they couldn't be thinner. As soon as they're asleep, I'll be having them for dinner. I'm a hard-working man with a hunger to match. If I were fishing for kids, you'd be one heck of a catch. My blood is mine, your blood is yours. Why would you take someone's blood away? My blood is very special to me Holds a code to my identity Hey old timer, why you acting like a creeper? Looks like you've seen some crazy stuff with them peepers 
You can do us right now or you can do us wrong But either way you do us, we ain't staying here for long Let me eat you, then you're gonna have to go I have had quite enough of this late night freak show These meddling kids are a pain in my back They tied me all up and then they tore off my mask When you're scared, just keep calm Stress never worked out for anyone Look in your heart, it's filled with blood Also, it's filled with love and we're back, and and uh, we were just talking about uh, kind of a lot of stuff, really. Yeah. We wedged a lot into I that br- yeah. into that break, yeah. Um, performance anxiety, mostly true, but yes. not of the type you're probably thinking. One of the things I was talking about because we like it, this is the first episode we're recording, having already put the website up. Which, yeah, of course, yeah. by the time people listen to this, we'll the be website a month from right, now, it'll have always existed in their minds, but not to us. To us, it's still a new thing, fresh in our minds. And one of the things that surprised me was I asked Josh if we should have comments enabled on the site, like so people can talk about the episodes, and he said yeah. yes, which is so. I mean, I guess you, as a moderator on Metafilter, you're pretty steeped in that. Well, yeah, I mean, part of it is like, I I have have zero, I have zero uh, reservations about my ability to keep people in check because, yeah, I I mean, you spend a few years doing it on a big site and all of a sudden comments on a small site don't seem like too much. But how could you even want that much uh, to have more of the worst part of your job? Well, it turns out, basically, my thinking is if we turn out to have shitty comments, then we can turn them back off. Right. Uh, But uh, I've, I've been doing LARP Trek for close to a year now Mm -hmm. and i turned on comments for that and that's actually been fine you know i have a bunch of metafilter people and a bunch of star trek nerds and a bunch of role-playing nerds all sort of just having a nice time (laughs) and you get regular pretty regular comments on yeah i'd say there's like you know a dozen to you know 15 20 comments on an average strip you know it's it's surprising to me it's like you know people just like to show up and say oh that joke you made about star trek and also that other star trek and also role-playing i liked that and here's my thoughts or Yes, this episode was really problematic because of, you know, Foo Bar and Baz, and and yeah, it's like just people engaging, and so like I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that's what will end up like. Sure. I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot for, you know, mouth breathing troglodytes to uh, latch onto with this show necessarily, where we'd be like, oh would yeah, they, like, I mean, it's, the audience? right. There's just no right. I mean, the, the, a troll wants an audience, right? And so coming to our blog is probably not their first yeah, first thing like on their agenda. Right? It's not super accessible. I mean, right. I don't know. I mean, I think of like there. There are so many places that have lousy comments on the internet. And I feel like that's this thing that just it's feels the worst. Like a specter. It's it's it's, it's a such a nightmare. It really <laughs> big hair. It's so it it like turns my stomach. Like I literally only browse the internet in a browser that has a plugin that disables comments on popular websites. I, it's the only way I can even face humanity the next day. You can't um, just keep yourself from reading them. I really can't. I really can't. Wow. Um, I I've if I go never... to YouTube video, the comments are on like visible in. The, I don't have to scroll to see them, and my eye goes to them when I load that web page up. I never even see them. Really? It's weird. It's weird because I typically am not very good at filtering hmm. stuff like that. But I, I, that's just one that I'm just like, I've never noticed a YouTube comment in years. Any YouTube huh. comment. 
it's really like driving past an accident and trying not to look at the wreckage for me it's just it's you i know i shouldn't and i literally can't stop myself huh i'm kind of somewhere in between because like i i i see them but i i tend to look at them more in kind of an anthropological way and maybe that's again maybe it's just from like working as a moderator it's like i'm so used to having a little bit of dispassionate distance that right. on the one hand interested in what people are saying and on the other hand really really capable of being blasé about you know people acting like fuckwits if that's what they're doing and right uh so yeah it's i i'm i'm i have that i don't even see it thing uh with ads mostly on websites mm. i mean partly i i avoid any website that's got super super fucking obnoxious ads like anything that does like pop out rollovers and auto playing audio and shit's like no i'm just i don't need to come to your site uh but i don't use adblock or anything and i i know people yeah. think that's crazy not to do that i don't use any any kind of helper i don't like anything that helps me on a computer <laughs> like really i i build all my own like files like organization like folder structures and i hate i've always hated like itunes right, and right itunes is a anything perfect that's the like opposite of that yeah i will like, do don't this even for look you at the file yeah system. i mean yeah. and like windows has like its own like my pictures my videos uh, yeah. uh my games like all that shit I bypassed many years ago. Right, right. You would really not like the iPad. I don't really care you for the iPad. Don't like the iPad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing you could say in its defense is instead of like insinuating on you an annoying sort of prefab, oh, you should sub, you know, you know, do your subdirectives like this. It just completely annihilates the concept of a file system, you know, that the user can interact with. So it's if you treat it more like. I don't know, like AOL back in the day, I guess. Now I'm going to go to videos. Now right. I'm going to go to chat, you know, and treat it just like a portal to specific isolated things. It's a little bit easier on the head. Because, yeah, that, that always sort of drove me crazy about uh, iOS stuff. Um, as much as I like them for what they do well, it's always bugged me that, like, I like knowing where my file system is. I like knowing what's going on underneath the veneer. And it's just not there uh, without a whole lot of effort uh, on an iPad or an iPhone. It's well, really I do not represent the masses at, in any way, uh, not even close. I, I don't think I've ever used an, iPod, uh, an iPad for even one second. I don't <laughs> think I've ever held one in my hand. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a testament to how much I dislike them. It's a testament to how much I don't even care. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really don't know what's going on. Sure, yeah. In an iPad. <laughs> or or a, like a, an intelligent phone. Like the most I've used any smartphone is someone goes, here, look at this, and hands me it. And I, and I put my hand out, and it touches my hand, and then the screen goes black. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I broke it, and I hand it back to them. I, w I would characterize the, the general user experience on like an iPad. And I think this is... Similar for stuff like Android, too, although Android phones tend to have a little bit more get-into-the-guts uh, capability built into them because it's all googly and Linuxy nerd shit and a lot. But with, using an iPod, it's, it's kind of like if you had a phone that had nothing but speed dial buttons. Like, you couldn't actually dial a number just because you knew the phone number or something. You'd have to find, you know, the button for pizza hut right everything's a shortcut yeah and and in some ways that's nice because if you really compartmentalize your experience to being well i need to do this thing and sometimes i need to do that thing and so i press those buttons that's great and it's it's got its merits uh but yeah as somebody who grew up being sort of like a tinkerer 
uh, it's a weird thing to some extent for me because I'm like, yeah, but how do I combine these things and mix them up? And Apple's like, why would you thought? Why would you want to do that? That's crazy talk. Right, you're bringing a set of assumptions that yeah, uh, is yeah, just so uh, uh, so in the things. in the narrow. I mean, like who like if the if the vast swath of people who now are forced to be computer users, right? Computers are a requirement for existing in society at this yeah. point, and we have a population of people who are just cripplingly unqualified. Well, and that's to, a really, to maintain yeah. them. Let you know, use them maybe but like maintain them it's yeah. like it, it's a nightmare i mean and if you know if a computer were if the if the computer was you know invented and popularized today the idea that you even have a visible file system i think is crazy i don't think it would i think that pe- people would people know that well, yeah. that's stupid i mean that's really it's like trying it's like driving a car by like sitting under the hood and like pulling on the various levers and like goosing the the throttle with with the thing attached to the engine block or whatever the fuck this metaphor has gotten completely (laughs) what is that is it only like people who are creating content that need those fundamental basic access level Point no, they things. just need good tools built on that platform. And, and and I mean, if you're create, I mean, if you're programming, maybe that's a whole other conversation. But if you're if you're just, if you're editing audio or video or images or anything like that, you don't even that. There's no reason I see that you you would need the innards of the operating system be exposed to you. I think it's a holdover from when operating systems just didn't work. Well, I think and you had to fix. Them I think constantly. it's a couple of things. I think I think there's a lot of validity to the idea that uh, a lot of people just using. Uh, software don't need to get at the guts of it and to some extent i think it really is if you had to draw a line somewhere where it's important it's really the people who are developing software who need access to the guts and everybody else doesn't necessarily so much but i think it's too easy to make that sort of a fine line like like part of the reason that you want people who are mostly you know content creators like who use video editing software part of the reason you want them to still have access to the guts is there's no reason to assume that any given piece of video editing software is going to be perfect mm-hmm. and you want to have that space in the middle where someone who is invested in the software doing what they needed to do and who sees that there's something wrong with what exists can be involved in sort of trying to make that incrementally better without having to be like a full-time you know, video software editing uh, or, or video editing software developer. Make it better how? Um, there's there, there's a little application uh, called Virtual Dub. Virtual Dub. It's a, it's a really weird bare bones piece of uh, basically sound and video editing software. And it's got a terrible interface, but it lets you do very, basically anything you can specify of a huge range of functions that people have implemented uh, to a piece of video. And the thing is, if you're using like Windows Movie Maker and you're trying to edit something and there's something that it can't do, which is a lot of things because it's a very pack-in piece of consumer, sure. you know, light software. Um, if you stick with the, well, just you just need the right application thing, the solution to your problem may be, okay, go out and spend $500 on this video editing software suite that is more fully featured. Whereas if really all you need is Windows Movie Maker and this one thing to happen, you can go get this piece of software that somebody wrote that does these weird little things and it'll take you you know, 15 minutes, a half an hour to figure out how the fuck to get it to work. But then boom, it solves your problem. And it's, you know, that's a bit of patchwork by someone who's like, you know, we need some video editing tools that do some of the things that aren't available and the tools that are cheaply available that's just free and people can use it to fill those gaps. But and a I world think- where we don't have direct access to the file system and, and, and where we don't have to deal with like Photoshop plugins and shit like that doesn't pre- like preempt that 
program you're talking about from existing is a supplemental I th- spe- I th- like purpose-built I think, small I think that's inexpensive app idea of how to do stuff gets a really obscured when you streamline the process too much when you really separate the idea of just using the software that exists from the idea that it's just another piece of software in an ecosystem of software on a system that you can dig into you lose some of that i don't know self-direction like that sense of being able to sort of take things in your own hands and improve them in ways other than what is being handed to you by whoever is developing a piece of software. But it's, it's, I guess it's kind of a big conversation is, is, is part of the thing. Cause there's yeah. so many sort of <laughs> things that come into it. Do you remember but, where uh, we started on this internet comments? Yeah. That comments, was where this digression started. all a joke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you know, do you, do you know any, any particular, well, do you know any, are Don't there any jokes, jokes you're particularly fond of uh, recently? We did, no. a, we did a thing a, a few episodes ago where we workshopped a joke that uh, uh, our guest Mark was working on. He's a comedian, and he had some new material, and so we sort of plowed through that. And I, 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 I'm not sure we were super helpful to him, but I'm sure he really appreciated a couple of non-working comedians telling him how to tell jokes. I felt like that was a good contribution. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. All, all my jokes are incredibly exclusive. Okay. I don't really tell jokes though either. It's like. I just say stuff. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. It, it, it's a it's a workable paradigm. I I, I tend to I tend to fall punward uh, a lot. I guess uh, is something I I'm pretty much have accepted about myself at this point. The pun is mightier than the sword. Yeah. I'll get excited. I'll I'll, I'll be watching something uh, with my wife. Uh, we're watching some of the Netflix. Uh, or talking about something, and I'll just think of like some really stupid thing that I instantly <laughs> connect two concepts together with some bad pun, and I'll just like be, I'll be right back, and I'll run into my office. And I'm like, I need to tweet something, and she just puts up with it at this point because it's like, I don't know, probably every every third night when we're watching something that will just like it's okay. This is a terrible joke that I have to put on the internet. That's right great now. though. I'm glad that you feel a sense of duty. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's obligation because right? you know if if because. The thing is, like, if you don't get rid of it or write it down, I mean, I guess that's sort of the thing. It's it's the thinking of something and then not writing it down, and later you can't remember it, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh god, I that must have been the funniest or smartest fucking thing I've thought of all month, and I don't know what it was, and I can't find it again, and it just it drives me crazy when that happens. And then every once in a while, I actually will remember it. I'm like, ah, oh, that wasn't really very good. But if you put it out into the world, you let it go exactly yeah it's like exercising so that, that, like i think to me that means that 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 is your one of your jobs or duties your personal like i meant to do this i meant to share uh content or share ideas or you know i don't know it's just like your little personal job for yourself and if yeah. you don't if you don't put it out there then you feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to do and yeah it's like i I I can relate to that i need to shepherd this into the world however deformed of a lamb it may be it's you know it's i gotta get it out there i've got to make it and the world meet and then i've it's like matchmaking (laughs) between the the dumber parts of my brain and whatever audience may exist and yeah sure like like jane austen character is that emma emma she was the matchmaker right we've all read our jane austen Shaking my head. Is now a good time for another break? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Whoa. This this place is pretty. This is like California on a sunshine spree. This place is like 
Vacation. Bugs in my coconut cup Proof I'm away from home This caboose is on the loose I've got a license to have fun We got a license to have fun Gonna go on vacation on my dad's tan Got his fancy fishing boat and his captain's hat if I get in trouble, I'll say I'm on the rage. Ocean cops don't ever tell a cuddlebug to behave. Hold up, got a fishy on the line. It's a ten pound line. Looks like dinner's on time. We at the beach, y'all. Vacation, vacation, vacation. Fun education. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. One of the questions I wanted to actually ask earlier was, um, and, and it was because you guys have both created projects, and, and me, I think I have two to a lesser extent, but that have like found a, some type of audience on the internet. I mean, fundamentally, internet stuff. Um, and 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 you, you get to a point where you are creating something and in the act of creating it, you have to be thinking about how it's going to be received, oh, sure. right? I think it's this, I mean, that's, that gets into a whole nother conversation, but, but what, um, what I was kind of thinking was like, when you're making something like, uh, I knew you were Tribbles when you walked in or the ballad of Steven Slater, it is Steven, right? I got it right yeah. the second time. Okay. When you or no, even 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 or even Mapstalgia or anything else that you've done or or when you're when you're working Jesse on um, Frope or something like when you're putting it together you must have some idea of what kind of how big of an audience you're expecting it to reach potentially or do you even have an idea or are you even thinking about that and do you have a sense of just be and I'm asking this just because this is something that I've kind of had to reckon with in weird ways and I haven't really come down uh, firmly on one side or the other but it seems like there's you, you when you throw a creative work out to the to the mercy of the world and this is another thing that ties back to the comments we were talking about earlier is there something I, I, I mean there's no reaction is bad right like that would be that would be worrying if you spent all you know weeks you know hours or weeks or even months on a project and you threw it out and just no one it didn't seem to get traction with anybody like that would be bad on the low end but you so so you're hoping for at least more than that but you're also not really expecting like it to be this necessarily this giant gangbusters thing that's like the next gangnam style or whatever right i mean you're sort of modulating your expectations somewhere in between the extremes do you have a sense when you put something out into the world of like what what a success would look like i mean when you put something when you put a song up on youtube do you have a sense of like god if like you know 10,000 people saw this wouldn't that be like mind-blowing that would be so much more than i expect or that would be awesome or do do you do you does that go through your mind when you're making it or releasing it Kinda. I mean, I don't know. At this point, I feel like what I've learned is to keep my expectations low and then be happy if they're exceeded. So, like at this point, I've kind of gotten to the point where I, I decide to make something because I think it'll be funny, uh, and I try and do something because I think it'll be funny or it'll be interesting more than because I think people will like it. And I've hmm. made a couple things because I thought people would like them, huh. and uh, that's the worst thing. Because if you do that and then no one likes it, you're like, ah, 
I did this for the wrong reason and it didn't pan out. Hmm. Whereas if I make something because I think it's like funny and stupid and then no one likes it, I'm like, hey, yeah, well, I, I have a weird sense of humor. And that's fine. You know, whereas if people turn out to really like it, hey, you know, that's that's a bonus. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like at this point I've mostly... I kind of try and keep myself honest about why I'm making something because if I'm making it primarily because I think people will like it, it's kind of weird. Like I want to make it because there's something about making it that I enjoy, you know, because otherwise it's, you know, it's really easy to burn out on something if you aren't just sort of enjoying the process of making it. Um, so yeah, I just try and keep my expectations like hmm. sort of rock bottom, and then like Larp Trek, it gets you know a dozen comments a strip. That's amazing to me. I love that. Like right. there's people who like talking about Star Trek, and they like that I make this thing, and it's great. You know, it's more than I expected, uh, and I'm totally happy with that. Like I don't expect that comic ever to take the world by storm because it's a comic where you have to like next generation and deep space nine and tabletop role-playing mechanics (laughs) and sort of film criticism and deconstruction and dick jokes it sort of has an inbuilt audience from those but it's also kind of self-limiting yeah for the exact same reason it's got niche appeal but it's niche appeal right so do you you have a sense jesse of when you're putting something out to the world like if you're if you're broadcasting a frope episode if of if no one was watching, it would bother you, or if there was fifty people watching, it would be mind blowing. Or... I usually don't like to know how huh. many people are watching until afterward, because I don't want it to. I don't want to be thinking about that while I'm performing. Yeah. So basically, the number has no effect, but I'm usually not aware. But when I'm doing live performance, I'm usually just not thinking about that kind of thing. It's way more when I'm doing pre. Um, God damn it, what's the word? Pre-recorded? No. Pre-production? Pre-production, thank you. Huh. Score! Um, that's the word I've been struggling with this whole recording. Pre-production. <laughs> and it's a really interesting mix of things because um, I, I almost 100% want to say I'm making it all for myself and that it doesn't matter to anybody except for me that I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. But then I undeniably, this has nothing to do with people's reaction, but I know, I feel a, 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 like a more important sense of I'm making this for other people. And it's to, to inspire other people, even if it's just like, well, fuck, if this guy made this piece of crap, then I can make my piece of crap. <laughs> um, I basically want to, I want to feel like I've had some influence on somebody to do what they want to do the same way that I'm doing what I want to do. But as far as like reaction, I, I don't, I don't change. I'm almost completely adamant about not changing my content based on whatever I think the audience reaction is going to be, unless I'm afraid it's going to be really like offensive in a way that's not okay. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much, uh, don't think about it. And I mean, if when I put stuff out and there's no reaction, it does make me feel a little bit empty, but it wouldn't, I don't think it would stop me from making the next thing because I really enjoy the process. I always feel empty when I finish a project anyway, because now I have nothing to work on. Hmm. What's well, weird. Cause like, yeah, you get invested in something and then it's done and you're like, 
yeah, it's a, there's like there's a there's a little bit of a void there, kind of almost no matter what. I almost always get depressed right after I finish the month of the frope and we air, hmm. and then I watch the thing maybe that night or maybe it, even just immediately after the next day. I'm fucking depressed hmm. because I've got no investment anymore except to go okay not time to start on a new one but like it takes a while to build up you know you have to build it from the ground up so like when you're in in the meat of everything and like you're multitasking and doing shit all over the place i guess in in the side the project um i don't know you just have that like sense of exhilaration and and uh uh stuff yeah I, I can totally see that for sure it's in, in and especially when you're working on something on a specific like time cycle like that show that you kind of have this kind of rise and fall and rise and fall emotionally on it kind of it's honestly when you were saying that it was making me think about people who come back from like war zones and they just find day-to-day life just so banal that they want to even as much as they hated being at war it's just like they were just in such an accelerated mindset when they were there that they they start to miss it right but that's a really it's not a very happy example no i mean i i'm just i think that that example doesn't necessarily need to such an extreme analogy as war it, it certainly applies, but it could also apply to just like I don't know, Anything r- real like, regular stuff. Yeah, like sure, uh, like like intense training for a sport or something. Sure. Yeah, or like I don't know, building. It's just that was the one anything. that came to my mind because that was a, that's something something that you wouldn't think that someone would really. You think someone would be relieved that they got to leave the chaos behind right, them, right. but they actually it turns out they sort of crave that like a, like heightened like mentality that comes along with it. I guess was what I was thinking. They should probably plant a tomato garden. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. Maybe grow some cod. So speaking of um, throwing baseballs at the moon or at the sun from the moon, <laughs> yes, as we were as we as were as, that, as one now. does. Um, I just wanted to correct a mistake I made in an earlier episode when uh, I was talking about the optimal time to throw a baseball into the sun from the moon. Okay. I said it would be during a lunar eclipse, but I think what I meant was a solar eclipse. I think I meant to correct you. Like, well, not correct or maybe you, but I like said ask it, if... See, now I feel like I'm going to be correcting this again next time. Yeah, I, did I say him backwards just now? I think you did. Okay. What I want... <laughs> Is the the Earth, Moon, and Sun to be in that order that I just said them? That's what I'm picturing. Now I don't know. Which eclipse is that? And ideally, Earth, Wind, and Fire will be playing on the soundtrack. They always would be through my astronaut speakers. A lunar eclipse means the moon would be in the way. It'd be the exact opposite of what you wanted, right? No, I thought a solar eclipse was when the sun blotted out. Sorry, I was thinking that you were on the the Earth. Yeah, yeah, you'd want to do it during a lunar eclipse because the the moon, the the loon, would be on the far side of the Earth from the sun, so it wouldn't get in the way and it wouldn't be perturbing the path at launch. The moon would be on the far side of the Earth from the sun. That's yes. the opposite of what you That's want, because the then the Earth oh, is between the moon and the I keep forgetting what planet we're on. Exactly. Oh, damn the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. See, that's the thing, is you you really want to believe that you're on the Earth. Right, it's difficult that it's, way. Uh, when you're on the moon and the Earth is between you and the sun, what is that called? Uh, 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 Earth? Uh, it would be a solar eclipse. eclipse. Okay, well, what about the, then the other way around? A Terran eclipse? Terran eclipse? That sounds pretty good. Right. What's sounds like Terran mean, then? Uh, What's the root like meaning? Terra? 
Terra, Terra is, is like that Latin like the for old... Earth. Okay. Yeah. That's why that class in StarCraft. Right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. why I wanted to know. <laughs> I knew that was why you wanted to yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it's some things you just need to know. <laughs> yeah. It may not be good Latin. I don't know. It's 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 sci-fi Latin at least. So, uh, well, I think we are just about at time. So uh, we're going to wrap up. But uh, Jesse, who is not the normal Jesse, thank you so much for being here. And I love not being the normal Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one thing about being two people with the same first name is that uh, nicknames adhere themselves to you, whether you want them or not. So we got yeah. we got to become good Jesse and evil Jesse. Well, I kind of forced that. We got to become yellow Jesse and white Jesse. At that one point I never knew about. Flashed it. You you did at the time. It was many years ago. It sounds dumb. It was because your car was yellow and my car was white. Mm. There was a few, I think, that have happened. I just want to say that I haven't listened to all of your podcast. That's what? it. All no, right. actually, I wanted to say I really enjoyed your your podcast, and I hope that you keep doing it. The um in the cut. Oh. I listened to one or two regular episodes, but I listened to mostly the uh, finale because it was more like free form and just yeah. like people that I enjoyed listening to talk to each other. And but it also like I like it when people put you on the spot and have you talk about your your <laughs> things because you're always asking other people to talk about their things. Sure. So I really enjoyed it, and and I look forward to its return. If you're, I hope you're bringing it back. Yeah, so next yeah, next year. Next year you. Sometime, I right? updated the website. Uh, Ooh. Begin, beginning of 2014, it'll come back for sure. That's great. Excellent. So yeah, th- so there's a tangent just to stroke my ego briefly, and it'll be closer to then by the time this actually airs too. So that's yeah, sad. that's it'll right. Be, in the be, cut well, is going to be right on the horizon. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Uh, Thanks. Well, and yeah, now I, we've got we know that we have a website now too, so we can say we'll put some links to uh, Frope and uh, coffee, uh, critics. coffee critics and uh, hanging out with Trout. We didn't get to hanging talk out about with Trout was fun. It was one a one off. Is one of the, is one of the most hysterically funny things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you laughed really hard. I did. <laughs> I did notice. And uh, okay, we, I, I think we probably have to link to Eggs on America too, just because that's my God. other favorite thing. In the world. I, I, Unless I, I, you're I so that. rough. I saw about two minutes of it. I can't, you know, it, 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 it's funny because it made me think of uh, my drunk kitchen uh, in a slightly different vein. But uh, if you can watch Eggs on America from start to finish, you can watch Rope. It's not Saturday. I'll tell you that. Well, excellent. I, I, I can I'm watch two I'm not, hours I'm of not on America. suggesting anybody watches either of the things. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to give both a shot. I just need to carve out the time. Because the, the, the snippets I looked at just to see what the hell am I looking at. It's uh, a really I good thing to watch as you're falling asleep. Like half unconscious people <laughs> may enjoy For Hope It's Not Saturday. So there you go. That's that's your plan. Uh, after this, uh, wait till you're getting sort of sleepy, and then go check out uh, Frope It's Saturday. Frope It's not. Frope, Frope It's not up. Saturday. Frope It's not Saturday. I, I feel like I feel like the guy holding up the book that he hasn't read and mispronouncing the title. <laughs> that's it's, fine. This is the talk show. We, I didn't even bring a I've book. I'm excited. <laughs> um, uh, just look for Frope. That's it. I'm going to push that word, the fake word. Frope Just remember F. the word that's not real. Yes, that, that, that'll have the good uh, Google results for you. Yeah. That's, it actually is surprisingly in my favor, and it's easy to spell. It's a smart way to go. You know, misspell something, that's an easy way to get there, too. People are going to type it wrong sometimes, that's what and I'm then saying. boom. I'll tell you another thing. I'm, I know you're trying to get out of here. No, but no, that's... Though it's funny, though, because frope is such an old fake word. It's from... I don't know if I can disclose this information, but you used to have a pirate radio station in, yeah, your, yeah. in your house. Right, when, and when that I was, was 18 f- years old. The first, that was the first time I met you, and I 
had I came over to do a pirate radio show for we the met first in art time. class, but right. That was but the first time I mean, we hung out very, very really. quickly. It was like you were in my art class, but then we only like started to mingle when I found out I heard you on your radio show, and I was like, "This is hilarious," and I want to do the same thing. And so I, so I don't remember what happened, but I ended up coming over to your house and doing my own show, which was a disaster called Fropus Not Saturday. Um, and that was like 2001. And since then it's had three iterations or whatever you want to say. Yeah. It's, I think it was even like 99 or 2000, but maybe it was 2001. I guess probably 2001 sounds right. You know what? I'm probably wrong. I think it was probably 99. I think I was still in high school okay. or something. Somewhere between 99 and 2001. Anyway, so that was the first time. It was the same same word, mm-hmm. same show, kind of, but I always wanted to develop it into a video program, sure. and finally it kind of happened unexpectedly. It's, it's kind of full circle to now be sitting down and talking to each other again. It's all these years later. With microphones yeah. and headsets. Right. Well, only one of us was wearing the headset. That's okay. I'm wearing a headset like. <laughs> The headsets are, yeah. When I bought the domain name scumbly.com, I really thought it was going to have that same thing where it's just like, like really immediately, like I would be the only result, I mean, effectively for that, even though it's sort of a tweak of a real word, scumbling is a painting technique. But um, every person I said it to said, oh, scumboy, scumboy (laughs) scumboy.com. So much that I just gave up and bought scumboy.com too. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I I will say, I, I didn't make up the word frope. Right, but I think "frope" is probably a, a people like saying it. I found, yeah, and it's it's weird. People like really like talking about it, but nobody watches it. <laughs> but people are gonna talk about it all damn day. I swear. I think they just really like that word. Yeah, I just yep. want to know: did you did you have like fake uh, letters for your pirate radio station? Like, were you K F? We we did. We called it K nothing. It's kind of a play on that because we were not licensed, obviously, and we didn't have to register with any sort of authority. So K nothing was kind of a, um, and the, you know, my roommate at the time was a Buddhist who was really into this concept of nothingness and no, blah, blah, blah. So for us as 18, 19 year olds, it had this like deep, of course, meaning in term as well. But K nothing was what, it, and then before that it was called K free. Uh, oh free, yeah. Free, radio free, Ukiah. <laughs> um, you K nil, K N I L. Yeah, that would have been better, but I don't think any really of us knew have, that You should have word. really consulted me on this. I also did, I organized my first fake protest um, around that pirate radio station, mm-hmm. and I just did another fake protest, If I think, for the first time since then, and it was it was fun. And it was for, it was for Frope again, which was kind of cool. Was Were you like, protesting Frope, or... Uh, it was uh, no like stop frope. We were uh, <laughs> we were protesting pro and against uh, pooping beaks as a lifestyle choice. Pooping beaks, yeah, like a cloaca beak. I don't know what that means. Well, cloaca is what birds poop and pee and have sex through. It's this it's this it's this handy one. <laughs> I need to look. <laughs> the look that. on your face is amazing. No, I, I, yeah. well, I love learning yeah, new things. No, no, the, the birds the birds have cloacas, and a cloaca is they they it's shit not out a of it. Clo- it's they, not they, a cloaca. They, cloaca, whatever. I don't okay. pronounce anything right. We've established this. It's a beak. Uh, no, no, it's not no, a, no. But I'm it's saying, it, a picture it, it, a bird. Okay, there's one end okay, has a beak. I'm with you, <laughs> the other end is the cloaca. But you're talking about you mean the butthole. <laughs> yes. You mean well, it's a shared it's butthole that everything butthole. comes out of, and it's a reproductive See, organ. Yeah, it's it's a butthole vagina 
it's a uh, lot of wow. utility you know, oh yeah i didn't know that yeah or maybe i did but i never heard the word utility hole you might so you say poop that's and i imagine well what does a bird poop with a cloaca cloaca yeah. we're, pooping we're, cloaca. pooping beaks is a, a lifestyle choice and it's uh that you ingest beaks for the express purpose of of pooping them out for i don't know an exhilarating sure hmm. a rush sounds miserable i would feel like i would be on the on the anti you haven't lived until you've pooped a beak yeah it, it is divisive. Look at that. It, it, it really is. is. Already we can't decide. I'm, I'm making my sign right now as we record. <laughs> they were a guest on uh, our our show uh, a couple months ago. One or two months ago. I can't remember. I thought less than a month ago. I, 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 I don't. Re- I don't. I've been sitting at the computer for a long time. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it. Uh, and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah, Thank well, you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming yeah, on. I, I appreciate the. Uh, this is such an adventure. We're still like figuring out how the hell this stuff works. It's uh, or doesn't. We're, we're still doesn't. plugging Depending. things into other things. <laughs> right. Yes, we're still. Yes, we're still creating a, a, a bird's nest of uh, connections between the audiovisual equivalent of uh, discussion. You could say a bird's whatever the word was. Yes, it's like instead. a cloaca of. Uh, yes, clo- I can't even. I, I don't cloaca? even know how I say it now. The, well, the more you say it and the more beer you drink, the more you just slip into your um, Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> it's a vagina that you poop out of. Is there a, a, an animal that has just one hole and it just does everything? You know what? A slug does. Dude, that a is slug awesome. Has What's one it hole? called? An omnilake? I don't know what it's called, but the way slugs have sex is they is they get in the 69er position. <laughs> okay, that's what they call it. Yes. <laughs> the old 69er. And then they, the penis extrudes into the other one's, you know, uni hole, right? Okay. Of each other, and they impregnate each other simultaneously. And then, because that's also their mouth, they just bite each other's dicks off and digest them. Are they called dicks? <laughs> And that's our show. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Bye.